Viewers and listeners' discretion is advised due to subject matter and language, so 18 and up is required. Welcome to High Profile Podcast, hosted by Coral and Jewel. Each episode focuses on a different element of the adult industry, and it's Coraline's goal to break the misconceptions and stigma regarding sex work and alternative relationship styles. Please welcome your host, Coral and Jewel. Well, hello, everybody, and welcome. We are rebranding, and so it is no longer the Hanky Panky Podcast. We are now the High Profile Life Podcast, and there are reasons why you're welcome to reach out to me, and I will tell you, but not on the air. However, it gives me an opportunity to rebrand and bring to you guys a different way of doing our podcasting. And so before I get started, I'm going to tell you guys a little bit about that. Always a shout out to my producer, Skyhawk After Dark Radio. You can find us on their network. We are also on Full Swap Radio. And I also have recently been um, promoted to being the head of Outshine Team, which is the head of their PR department. And so it looks like we're going to be taking on Full Swap Radio as one one of our clients. And so keep an eye on their website because we've got some really cool things going on with them and you'll be able to see some new things going on here as well with the CorlandJewel.com page where you can access all my internet blogs you can access content you can access uh, the affiliates that we're working with and we have some great sponsors jumping on board big shout out to Cassidy and uh, SDC who, who help us you know bring our shows to you guys on a weekly basis you can go to my website click on partners you get a free month trial with both of them give the tries or give the, the sites um, a try because each city or each country each region, I should say. So if you're West Coast or East Coast, it's going to depend on which lifestyle site is going to benefit you more. Okay. Uh, besides that, let's see other news. Uh, my tour schedule that's still on the website and uh, recently got my own fleshlight. So there now is a Corlin Jewel fleshlight. I will not tell you the process of getting a fleshlight made. Uh, I don't think Corey wants to hear that either, who is my guest today. And so without further ado, we're just going to get rocking and rolling. You guys know how I work over here. I know I talk fast. I try to slow down. I really can't. And um, please give me feedback, comments. Uh, before I get uh, going with Corey, I want to let you guys know. So I'm going to be changing up the way that we do our uh, podcast. We're still going to be uh, releasing every single Monday. Okay. However, I'm going to be doing two times a month bedtime stories with Coral and Jewel. They will be 100% true lifestyle stories that I'm going to share with you, experiences that I've had in the lifestyle. And then the other two times, we're going to be really focusing on different guests and different topics involved with the adult industry and the lifestyle. And so today we are going to be talking about the legalities uh, that everybody is dealing with. And I think now more than ever uh, with uh, working in this industry, whether you are on the back end or the front end. So without further ado, please welcome Corey to my show. It's Corey Silverstein, right? Stein, like Frankenstein. Silverstein. Okay. Yeah. People do that all the time. I'm just, I'm used to it now, but it's. So you know, you're you're, you're, you're going to hate me for this because I'm Jewish and I'm assuming that's a Jewish last name. Right. It and is. so my, my father is now going, oh, what have I taught you? Everything, anything at all. <laughs> it, it goes both ways. So I don't typically like get too insulted by it because it's just like, it's, it's a common mistake that people make. So it's like, oh yeah, yeah. I get, I get, I get Carolyn all the time. So thank you so much, Carolyn, for being on the show. And I go, let's think about this coral, take away the C oral. Does that help? And they go, oh, wow. And I go, there you go. Okay. Now we got it. <laughs> that's, that's one way to put it. It does. That's, that's, it helps. One way to, that's one way to try to get people to remember. It helps. So I want to tell my guests, for those of you guys that are watching us on YouTube, um, if you look at Corey's beautiful background, it's nice and steady and it doesn't move around. Now look at me. My, my, like my hair disappears and my face disappears and my ears. So um, again, remember my off look, I have like half a neck right now. I like, so like, it, it's not your neck. It actually, your shoulder went away for a second. Okay. So here's the deal. My offer still stands for a technology man who wants to come over. As long as you can fix shit, I'll marry you. 
Dude, you don't have to do anything else. Just like you should be here right now where I go, honey, can you fix this? Can you make my ears not disappear? So we're working on that. Okay, so let's get started with you. Uh, You are an attorney based in New York, correct? I am. My main office is in Michigan, but I'm actually I'm licensed in Michigan, New York, uh, Arizona, D.C. uh, and Georgia. Wow. So do you have to when you take the bar um, in order to be licensed in different states, do you actually have to take the bar in each state? So typically the way it works is you you do have to take the bar exam in each state. Either way, you have to go through the the application process for each state. But depending on what state you're applying to, some states have waivers, which is where you don't have to take the bar exam again if your scores were sufficiently high enough. And if you're of a um, they call it like a you're, like you're a, able to like, able to pass character and fitness and get through all of their their inquiries and uh, criteria and so forth. And so is it that is it that the 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 different states or the different bar exams? Um, of course, each state's got their own their own laws. So the ones that you chose to be licensed in, are they familiar? Are they similarity in laws? Not really. Not really. No. At all. Most, of, most of them are pretty are pre- each each state that that uh, I'm licensed in have very unique laws and very um, unique situations that that come about. Um, but the nice thing is in the adult entertainment industry, the majority of the issues that uh, we deal with are on a federal level. Okay. And so federal law is federal law. It doesn't it doesn't vary from state to state. So um, the benefit there is that stays the same. But from state to state, no, uh, the, the laws of the, all the 50 different states can apply depending on where you're doing business, depending where you're creating content. And, and OK, uh, those are all the same. So so here's where I'm going with this. And you guys, by the way, in case you guys are sitting there going, really, she's brought an attorney on. Yeah, I didn't just bring an attorney on. OK, so I mean, Corey is going to blow your mind because we met at the Why Not um, reunion and we we had a five minute. This is what you guys do. They, they the five, right, right. It was the five minute. Um, yeah, it was like. Yeah, it was like the uh, five minute, you know, oh, was, speed networking, speed, speed networking. networking. We get we, I'm sorry. I said five minutes. You get one fucking minute to like yeah. talk about who you are and then you got to move along. And I didn't know I was supposed to be reading the numbers of the tables. Remember, Corey, I, I just kept yeah. sitting. I just kept sitting. My, he's like, you're here again. I'm like, I don't think I moved. Like, I didn't know what we, to do. We, we speed networked quite a few times. That was the that was the why not uh, rebirth of the Phoenix event that yes. they just had. Which uh, was actually fun. I had a really good time. But that's yeah, it, was, it was a good time. Why not did a good job with that? They event. did. They did. Shout out to you, Jay and Connor. Connor, you guys did a great job on that. I will give shout outs where they are deserved. But that's where you and I met. Yeah, and, are Jay um, and Connor in here right now? Is that, is that what's going on? I didn't. I'm just kidding. Ah, uh, they might be. He's all, he's always watching me. Those, but, guys, uh, those guys are everywhere. Right. This is true. This is very true. Um, but yes, yeah, so we had, you know, a very short conversation there. And a lot of what you said, just in the time of sitting there in this, you know, one minute of networking, I was like, OK, I got to get you on my show because I want to learn from you. So my question to you before we get into how you, you know, you chose the focus that you focus is that if you're licensed in these states, wouldn't you focus on the states that are most um, geared to the adult industry, which would be California, Nevada and Florida? Right. Well, 20, 25 years ago, I would kind of say that the answer to that question is yes, but the industry has shifted monumentally. Um, There's actually right now a kind of a a major shift going on and a major leaving of California because California has become quite unfriendly to the adult entertainment industry. So I didn't, you know, pick the jurisdiction based on that. I I picked the jurisdiction off, you know, of his first where I was living at the time. Okay. Um, 
But then as I added numerous different uh, state uh, licenses, um, it was based on additional clients workload and, and so forth. But um, it's, you know, it's possible over time, I might, uh, I might find myself expanding. I actually have a uh, of council relationship down in Florida so that uh, I'm able to uh, work down in Florida now as well. So, okay. um, so that, uh, you, you know, continues to, you know, to be a growing thing. And then of course, my practice, we have clients in more than 25 different countries throughout the world. So it is not just a matter of U.S. law and U.S. regulation. Got it. And that's because, OK, so you do. OK, so let's rewind a little bit. Uh, born and raised in where? Where were you born? And raised? I'm, I'm, I'm a, I was well, originally back in the, in the time before time, before time, before time, I spent some time in Montreal, Canada, but also okay. I considered Detroit, Michigan was my uh, my uh, place where I ultimately did my, oh. my, my big growth in life, so to speak. Okay, got it. I actually just spoke with a young lady yesterday who is uh, rebranding herself, coming back into the industry, and I'm going to be doing her PR. And she is in Detroit, Michigan. That's oh, fun. Miss, uh, Miss Sasha Brabuster. Shout out to that girl. I love her. She has got some energy. People think I have energy. Holy shit. She can run circles around me. I like her. I like her I, a lot. You know, I'm a pretty high energy guy. Okay. And, and, you know, and you're impressing me so far because I, I was actually just thinking to myself a minute ago, I was like, how many cups of coffee did this girl have this morning? That's I only it. I only got I only got one because I was so stressed. I had a meeting this morning, but we'll get there later. OK, so uh, so from the United States now growing up, were your parents in the uh, were they were they lawyers? Um, did you like what made you? Did you know my my father? My father was a uh, was actually a neuropsychologist. My mother was a homemaker. OK, so but that was smart. Neuropsych. Did you say neuropsychologist? Yeah, he was a uh, he okay. specialized in brain trauma. He uh, wow. my father was uh, a brilliant uh, doctor who um, was uh, candidly, he was uh, his passion and his gift was helping people who had suffered uh, with traumatic brain injuries. So he did that up until uh, the point that he, he died uh, untimely and, and young. So um, he did that, but um, he actually, when I, when I first got into the adult entertainment industry in the time before time, he was right there beside me. He actually uh, attended some of the shows with me and, and uh, he was uh, my original financial backer and some of my earlier ventures. Um, that so. is, that was going to be my next question. And that is something that I want people to hear is that um, I was going to ask you, you know, as you went on to become an attorney um, mm -hmm. and then you chose to focus adult industry, which we can talk about if, that, if that's your main focus or how you got there. I was going to mm -hmm. ask if your family was like, I can't believe we paid for law school and screw you or if they stood by your side. So dad stood by your side. He was in agreement. I, of absolutely. My family's always been supportive of this. And, and nice. you know, they don't, view adult entertainment as a, you know, look, we, we, the mainstream media loves to paint the adult entertainment industry as some dirty, yucky, you know, corner of the world. But actually, right. my, my parents understand that, you know, what I'm doing is every day I'm fighting for the First Amendment. I'm fighting for freedom of speech. I'm fighting for an individual to be able to do what it is, what they want with their body and for them to say what it is, what they want with their body. So, uh, you know, my parents are ultimately very proud of the fact that, you know, I took on an area of law that that really is more about helping other people and protecting their constitutional rights. 
Um, yeah. I, don't think, I, I don't think they would have been very thrilled if I told them I ended up being like a bankruptcy lawyer or something like that. I, I think they'd be like, Ugh, that's yeah. a kid. OK, think. interesting. Interesting. Because like, you know, uh, what I you know what I say is like, so for example, let's let's, you know, like my me, for example, you know, I went on to college. I have a theatrical degree. Um, you know, I was an Olympic figure skater hopeful. I've got an international bestselling book. OK, so there's education there. But I like the adult industry. I like I feel, I like the sense of community. I, um, you know, the, the, I feel like, you know, these are my friends um, and I like my work. I like my job. I like waking up in the I like going to set. I like working. And it it, it irks me that, you know, there's that society still today looks down as though, you know, I was we we're drug addicts or we were sexually raped, you know, children or whatever, you know, the, the, yeah. the media. And I feel like no matter First of all, we, we make two steps forward and then three steps back because of society. And I also feel like as soon as we, you know, we, we, we accomplish, accomplish something, it goes back again. But I will say this. They can continue to try to knock us down and take the merchant accounts away and take the platforms away and shadow ban on social media. But you're never going to fucking get rid of people having sex. You're never going to get rid of it and you're never going to get rid of the industry. So I don't know why they don't just figure out how to make this legal and move on with life and focus just, on things that are more you know, important. <laughs> It's a stigma. It's, it it's a stigma that's been there for quite some time. And it's an unfortunate stigma. And it's one of the reasons I'm so passionate about this industry is because I view our industry as bullied by the far right wing, the church, the, the church groups, the, you know, some of the conservative politicians and so right. forth. And, you know, so my position has always been that, again, this is a First Amendment issue. This is an issue where people should be allowed to say what they want, show what they want. And if it doesn't hurt you and you have nothing to do with it, shut the fuck up and go about your own business. That's exactly uh, what I say. That's what I, I say if it's, if it's if, if you're not hurting anybody and, and it's not, you know, if, if a family member or your sister, or your uncle, your cousin, your friend, your coworker doesn't like the fact that you have an OnlyFans site on the side. So what is it hurting them? No. So mind your own goddamn freaking business and move the other way. You know, um, no, and, I, and I have a ton, you know, I, I represent so many different clients, whether it be performers or platforms or what have you. And, you know, they come to me all the time with these issues, these issues where they're, you know, they're constantly under attack by someone and someone is bullying them. Someone is stalking them. Someone is, you know, not okay with what they do. And, you know, I always tell them, I said, every single one of those people, they're making you stronger and stronger and stronger. And they know nothing about our business because ultimately, you know, people in this industry, even people from the outside who weren't in the industry and they have a view of it, then they come in and they see what it really is. Mm -hmm. It's amazing what their reactions are because, you know, they very quickly say, oh, you mean this isn't just like a dirty mattress in the middle of a room with heroin exactly. needles everywhere. And, and you know, it, it's it's just so ridiculous. And and quite frankly, it's just a, it's, it's an inappropriate stereotype because that's exactly really what well, it is. Well, that's why there's people like you and me in the podcast. And there's, you know, um, and same with the same with the swinger lifestyle community. You know, almost anybody that I speak with who knows nothing about it honestly, truly believes that we ring a bell at 11 o'clock and say penis is out, vagina is open. It's time for the big orgy. Like they just they truly believe because society's made them really think that that's what it is. It's all about, you know, just free for all sex and everybody's having sex with everybody. So um and it's just, and, and, you know, honestly, it's just stupid and it's naive. And again, <laughs> this goes back to what I was what I was saying a minute ago, where it's a, it's stereotyping. I mean, it really is just you are taking a view and you believe that that's what the view is. And so you associate that with absolutely everyone in the industry. And that's wrong because that is simply not what the reality is. And it's it's quite frankly, stupid people and, in, in even in, you know, the swinger community, 
have been, you know, lambasted for years and, oh, yeah. you know, and labeled as perverts and sexual deviants and, and, and so forth. But Which, it, it's really the stupidest thing in the world because in actuality, what they really are are people who just happen to be a little bit more sexually open minded than. Right. Than I. Right. I mean, and that's, you know, like I do I embrace your sexuality and live your life for you. You know, we, I talk about, you know, the I should have, would have, could have syndrome. And we all know how many people we meet in our lives that go, I should I should have gotten out of that marriage 20 years ago, but I stayed or that job. And now I'm miserable and I'm starting over. You know, and it's about living your life for you and embracing your sexuality and being who you want to be. But you know what I think? And tell me if you agree with this is that and I hate to say this, but I know, you know, religion plays a lot of influence on, you know, uh, how people uh, view things. OK, so <clears throat> excuse me, but as long as we've got uh, people that uh, how to say this generations that are like I keep saying, you know, sooner or later, the new generations that's going to be more accepting, but not if you're raised. You know, if you're if you're raised religious and you're told that sex is bad and masturbation is bad and, you know, being in being with more than one person is bad or sex before, then you're going to continue to teach your children that and teach your children that and so on and so on. Do you see it ever getting accepted? Well, there's always going to be there's always going to be the right wing. The right wing is always going to be there. The religious zealots are always (laughs) going to be there. The people who are anti-sexuality and anti-pornography simply because you know, someone before them told them that it's closed mindedness, closed mindedness. And it's and it's silly. But in my view, I actually think the world has an opportunity more so now than we did 30, 40 years ago. And the reason why is because now we have social media yes. and now people have the ability to reach out to the entire world and share their thoughts, their stories, their experiences and access uh, more information via the Internet. You know, exactly. Learn, I mean, if you go educate back, themselves. If you go back to the 1970s and 1980s, you know, yeah. sort of information is going to come out in a hard periodical that either you're going to get delivered to your house by your neighborhood paper boy or right. you're going to go to the gas station and pick up a, you know, a copy of whatever magazine you're reading. It's not like that because now, I mean, even let's even take it a step further, going from the early 90s to where we are now in the, in the early 90s. Yes, we had cell phones, but you didn't have cell phones like you do now where right. you can pick your phone up at the top of a button, you can put a posting out that will literally be seen by everyone in the world if they're interested in hearing what you have to say. Exactly. I mean, remember, you know, when our parents told us something, we, we believed it. Now my kids are like, I'm going to Google that, mom. I mean, they can Google whatever they want. And then, like, I remember going down to the San Diego State Library, you know, 1995 and, and Googling or not Googling and going and to the library and getting those little strips to stick in. I was trying to figure out what squirting was because I was like, like well, you know, like I was trying to figure it out because it wasn't like I could go to the Internet and look it up, you know, so it's interesting. Um, so let me ask you this. When you. um Okay, so you so what's your degree? What's your um yeah? What's your degree in? And then like what's your what's your legal specialty? Is it civil law? Is it adult? Like, sure. is there, yeah. So I originally so my my first my undergraduate undergraduate degree was uh, I have a bachelor of science in technology from Purdue University. Okay. Um, after uh, attending Purdue, I then moved over uh, to come back closer to home. I went to uh, University of Detroit Mercy Law School. Okay. Uh, where I graduated with a JD, a Juris Doctor. Um, in terms of specialty, we don't really have that. Okay. Um, we don't really have like, you know, it's not like, you know, you hear that a lot in medicine where it's like, what's your specialty? Well, I'm a right. heart brain. So we, it, we have more of like, well, what areas of practice focus on? Well, here's something that most people don't understand about adult entertainment law. If you're going to be an adult entertainment lawyer, you have to know 
so many different areas of law. You've got to understand criminal defense. You've got to understand constitutional law. You have to understand contracts, civil litigation. Trademarking, copywriting, all of that, right? Intellectual property, and the list goes on and on. And that's one of the things that's so cool about the adult entertainment field. You know, when you ask your question, you're like, okay, well, what do you really focus on? My my, my, my practice itself focuses on adult entertainment work. Okay. But more so, we also focus on internet law. So, you know, a ton of our our clients that we have are in various different online businesses, some related to adult entertainment, some not. Some not. Okay. But the majority of our, our, our practice is, you know, composed of people in the adult entertainment industry. But that varies because there are so many different facets of the adult entertainment industry. For, for example, you have content producers, you have actual talent, you have platforms, you have web hosts, you have payment processors, you, you have, have the right. providers. And the advertisers, right? Like the, the you know, whatever, the banner guy, whatever they're called. What are they called? Like junk? Like what's it, give me the main, the main. Yeah, you're, you're talking about like, like juicy ads, the traffic. Yes, model. exactly. Yeah. And so, and so that's like, you know, so what I've heard from people like, and even like, even um, journalists, perfect example, somebody that writes for XBiz or somebody that writes for AVN. I've actually had them on my, like, you know, writers on my show whose families have said, I can't believe you're a journalist for the adult industry. I want nothing to do with you anymore. And it just, it blows my mind. So, so as- that, it, 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 frankly, it's just, it, it's, it's being the best word I can say is, is it's being naive. It's uh-huh. being, and it's being ignorant because the people who say that and who are willing to judge someone because they simply work in an industry whether, you know, the example you gave is, a, is as a, you know, working for a company like XBiz, for example. Mm-hmm. Well, frankly, in my opinion, XBiz has some of the greatest writers this industry has. And their families and friends should be supportive for that and admire them for the incredible work they do. They should not be, you know, criticizing them or chastising them. That's just... That, well, that's just cool. admiring in, in jet. In general, and I keep hearing this like BB. I don't know, but you guys, if it's on my end or if I'm the only one hearing it, I'm those so are sorry. actually those are actually my emails ding every time an email. Oh, wraps, okay. You see, it's ding, not ding. me. Yay! Not okay. you. What? Look, the arms disappear. Okay. No, <laughs> I, I can I can turn that off somehow. I just it's okay. Don't we? Don't worry. We're, we're good. We're easy. Um. Okay. So let's talk about. Let's kind of dig a little bit deeper. Um. I want to know. Um. Okay. So, but what I want to know is like maybe like your most most, like, I want to kind of talk about a couple of things and we can touch on your most challenging um, case that's been like come to you. So when I talk to people in the adult industry, I say, you know, what's the craziest like what's the craziest scene you ever walked on? The craziest thing that ever happened to you? Like, did you walk on set and you just went, oh, my God, I'm not going to do that. Or, oh, my God, I can't believe I did that. Uh, or, oh, my God, that just happened. Like J. Crew said that one time he was shooting a scene and then the girl said he had to go. She had to go to the restroom. And so they stopped. And then he says to the director, uh, man, the, uh, there's our talent walking. She's like, she's got her suitcase. She's off. She's going, she's leaving, you know, and they had just done half a scene or whatever. So like, I think, people- one of the, I think one of the craziest things we I've ever had happen to me was um, a couple years ago, a couple years ago, it's probably more than five years ago. Now there was a, a certain site that I was representing. Um, they, at the time were a very well-known um, to, they were a tube site. Okay. And uh, my office was representing them as to provide DMCA agent services and for let's whatever. teach everybody, guys. DMCA is where you that's takedown services. So someone steals my content, they put it up. I have to do an email to say take down my content. They don't fucking answer me. Then you get an attorney to handle your DMCA complaints. Okay, next, go on. 
That was quick. So, and basically what happened was someone was very upset with that site and they saw my name on the site because it was the first contact information they were able to find. And they actually sent me a fake bag of uh, anthrax. So I got a, uh, we had a package show up at my office and it had a, there was a white Ziploc bag. And and so when I opened it up, it was like, it went poof and white powder whenever it was just flour, but it was, it was, uh, quite frankly, one of the, you know, if that person out there who sent that is, is watching, you know, here today, I, I commend you. That was hysterical. Uh, my entire office got a laugh of it. And But also, I mean, okay, so I, on another note, if that person's out there listening, like, don't, what the fuck? You had nothing to do with anything. Like, no, it didn't. You know what I mean? But it was so idiotic and so ridiculous because then they also, you know, with that, they sent me a long letter about why I'm going to hell and so forth. And it, I was like, that's really cool. I said, thanks. I, Did that- I appreciate that you took the time. Did that open your eyes, though, to the fact that we still have death threats and people that will do stuff like that? I mean, does that make you think twice to get the mail and stuff like that? No, it, it, for me, no. No? no, for me, no, because ultimately people people like that, um, truth be told, their own naiveness. Um, it's I actually look at it as it's their loss. It's their loss that they're so close minded and they don't, you know, see the world in, in a bigger picture. You know, it's no different than it's no different than, um, you know, my, my my close friend and client uh, who runs the the LAL Expo, the, the Colombian mm-hmm. Expo, who's been basically, you know, for whatever, just, a, you know, a couple local politicians have been completely harassing him and, and tormenting him. Let- and it's the stupidest thing in the world. And, okay, and, let's go. Let, let's go there. Let's talk about that. That's that because that's an interesting topic. I don't know much about. Let me catch up, my listeners. So, and please in, interrupt me if I am wrong. But there was an expo that was supposed to take place in Colombia uh, three weeks ago. And what's it called? It's called the the LAL Expo. LAL Expo. Okay. Yeah. And from what I understand, it was literally the day before that it got canceled, and anybody who had flights and hotels and everything had, had booths booked, just like any of the other expos that we have. And from what I understand, it all came from a press release that was released, and the mayor decided cancel the event. And, and so far, am I, did I get that right? It was silly, yeah. And basically, it came from the fact that one particular politician was trying to somehow indicate that the that the trade show was going to be nothing more than a you know opportunity for people to be sex trafficking and such. It was absolutely it was instead absolutely of, instead of bringing a, a huge amount of um, economical boost and, and you know to the travel and to the area for hotels. Well, and- it's not it, it's not just that though. It's so it, the re- the reason why this was particularly so stupid is because that particular trade show had been going on for a number of years. And for anyone that actually attended it, like me, I've attended uh-huh. it numerous times. Um, it was an amazing event. It was, I heard that. It was professional. It was safe. It was clean. It was run amazingly well. Um, and frankly, it brought a ton of people to Colombia that normally wouldn't go. To that, that's what I was saying. So it brings this, you know, it can boost their travel. So um, I've heard a couple of things. I've heard that this is not the first time that this has happened to them, that they've had to cancel. Um, is well, that true? Well, actually, what happened? What actually what happened was a couple of years ago when we went to the show in Cartagena, a small group of churchgoers had organized a, a, a group. I remember it. It was the, the the band of the Cristo, and they were running around in front of the hotel with with drums, banging on drums, and telling us to go home and so forth. And then the show went on, and you know, look, I have absolutely no problem with with peaceful protesters none whatsoever if you want to stand outside and you want to yell as loud as you can and and you want to make noise and march and be organized 
uh, to voice your opinions because mm-hmm. you don't agree with us, knock yourself out. I have no problem with that. But when it crosses that line where it's not peaceful protesting and of where course. it's actually politicians with their own private agendas who are trying to secure votes from different sectors of government. So they, they do things to shut down events. That's where you've, you know, you've gone too far. Now, obviously Columbia is not the United States. They don't have a first amendment. Right. Um, and in my opinion, uh, were the government, uh, if everything that just went on with the LA Expo had it actually gone on in the United States, uh, the government's actions would have absolutely been unconstitutional. They would have violated the First Amendment and there would have been federal lawsuits where the uh, that would have been victorious. Interesting. So, so had had that situation, that situation happened in the U.S., different yeah. outcome. But because of, now, is this true? Somebody and I might not be saying this right because I don't really I don't really read the news because I hate it. But they said it was something like the underground um Oh God! I read it on Xbiz. It was the underground. Uh, it was a some kind of religious group, the underground Mormon. Mormon was it the underground Mormon people who were actually like involved in this press release. Do you remember what I read? Is this? I, I I didn't see it, but it okay. doesn't surprise me to hear you say that because frequently, um, that's what we see. We frequently see situations where in our business you have you know organizations that complain that excuse me they 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 claim to be you know religiously motivated organizations right exactly exactly we see that all the time and so it's not surprising to me at all um and like i said to you before i think it's a shame because the people that you know really lost on this was the actual local city we're talking about thousands upon thousands six thousand plus attendees who could have come to oh, yeah. the town, spent money, got exactly. to see the area and actually go back. You know, after the first time I went to Columbia, I was amazed with what actually what a beautiful place it is, how wonderful the people are, how welcoming oh, yeah. they are, how nice they are. And I've actually planned to go back there just for my own, you know, personal reasons. So well, that's that's what I was saying is that, I mean, they especially with the situation of the pandemic and everything, this was a chance to, to boost that economy. And people were ready to come and spend money and hotels were booked and, you know, spend money on gas and uh, food and tourist items and whatever it may be. And just because, again, of the corruption of politics, you know, uh, the, the, the community ran out, you know, it's silly. And, and, and that's one of the driving factors that continues to push me every day to do what I want to do, which is. Good. You know, again, when you have people that if you want to march and you want to scream at the top of your lungs and you want to have parades and make signs, be my guest. That is your right. And nobody mm-hmm. should interrupt that right. But when you start doing things where you start interfering and you use politicians who have nefarious political goals to stop the freedom well, of expression and for expressions like that, that's where I have a serious problem with it. Even like the whole situation with the, you know, the Roe versus Wade right now with the abortions. I mean, I was in L.A., Mm-hmm. Um, that day, I, and I think I remember the date was June 24th. Okay. And I was driving to LA and my girlfriend called me, my best friend called me from Sweden and she goes, Jesus Christ, your country's fucked up. And I go, what do we do now? Because she catches the news more than I do. And she told me, well, I'll tell you that when we were setting up in, in LA in my venue, there was a fire truck and then another fire truck. And I said to the guys that I was working with, is this normal? Like I'm, this many? And they go, yeah, you know, this many's not normal. And we look out the window and they're the big trucks. And I go, Guys, do you guys think that maybe we should look on the news? Is something going on that we don't know about? Because they said it really wasn't normal. Come to find out it was because of the road versus weight that on the Highway 10, everybody got all we'd gotten out of their car and they were protesting again. Right. I agree. Speak your mind and you, you know, protest. But bashing 
people like I was just on that highway 15, 20 minutes before bashing people's windows in and, you know, beating. No, the second, like, yeah, that's the, not fucking necessary, people. And you're not going to make your point get across. Now, the second that the second that you cross the line and you go from trying to vocalize your opinion, exactly. it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter which side of the, the opinion you're on. But the second you cross the line and you go from voicing your opinion peacefully to like you just described smashing on people's windows and moving cars and stuff. Guess what? You're now a criminal. That's what you're you a criminal. Want. And you're, you're, you're not making your point come across and you're a fucking dumbass. No, you're it, you're just, lucky I wasn't in my car. Let me tell you that. Oh, we've, seen, we, we, we've seen we've seen this over and over and over again throughout the history of the country in terms of, you know, you have people who truly do want to get their message across and they should they should be allowed to do it. There should be nothing that stops them. Absolutely. So long as they are not putting another person in harm's way. And, you know, when, you know, when you tell me things like you're seeing fire trucks everywhere and, and freeways are being blocked and cars are being broken into. And looting. Such, yeah. That's, looting. That, that's, that's, that's not protesting. What do you, what do you, what message are you sending when you go and break into a Nike store and steal shoes? The message we're sending is that the rest of the world looks at our country and says, Jesus Christ, there's some stupid, uneducated people. The message it, we're sending. It, 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 it's 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 a little ridiculous. I mean, it is. You know, it, the, Ro- the, Ro- the Roe versus Wade is a is a it's a generational thing. Mm-hmm. Um, this is something that, you know, it, this is like a once in a lifetime kind of Supreme Court decision that you that, that you really see. I wasn't around. I wasn't alive when Roe versus Wade originally became law, but we studied it in law school. It was a it was an area of the law that we had to study intensely during our constitutional law classes, during our First Amendment classes, during preparation for the bar. Yeah. Exam. And so uh, to see that case being overturned from a legal perspective for me, yeah. is, it is a. Um, is it mind? A, is, is it mind blowing? Is it? It's unbelievable. To, to, okay. I never I, I honestly I never thought in my lifetime something I would see. You would see that. Yeah. So, um, again, I and I and I and I, I mean this, I don't watch the news. I really don't stay up with Paul on with politics. I just feel like. It's all bad news and everything's corrupt. And, you know, people are like Biden versus Trump. I'm like, y'all motherfuckers are all corrupt. You're all corrupt. Everybody's corrupt. So I don't watch it. OK, so I don't know much about it. But what I do know is that I cannot believe that here we are in 2022 and we have just told women that they can't have an abortion like in certain to me. And that's the most that I understand of it. You know, that's the most to me. There's, there's, there's a little I bit. I know of, there's like, more to it, I'm sure. Well, there's a lot to it. And, yeah. and, you know, and, and the case itself, you know, and, and just, you know, to put it out there, if, you know, if we're, if the conversation is go and go there, I, I don't agree with the decision just, you mm-hmm. know, from, from my own personal views, but for what the case actually does for, for, you know, there is a little bit of confusion out there. It doesn't say that abortion is illegal at all. Okay. Actually, what it really just says is that it's up to each individual state to decide for that state um, what they're going to do with it. And so, for example, you know, California is right, California, as I said, go, you know, yeah, he's yeah. nothing. Nothing is going to change in California. I actually can't believe our, he actually did something right. But like I noticed there was a lot of the southern states which are um, which are affected by religion. Well, you you have states that, you know, again, you have states that are, you know, the states that are far to the right, that are are heavily conservative. Um, those are a lot of the states that already had laws on the books that um, make abortion illegal mm-hmm. or have restrictions on abortion and so forth. This is where things get a little bit more tricky. So, but but the co- the case itself, you know, again, although I, I I don't agree with the holding, 
it, it did not say that, you know, abortion is now illegal in the United it States. Was, that, right. That's a misconception. And, and that's something that, you know, oftentimes people Media. want people to believe to, to make everyone get very, very excited. Because ultimately, you know, if you still um, want an abortion, you there are places where you'll be able to go now. In terms of, though, the ruling and, and how it affects people who might not have the means to travel mm-hmm. or might not have the means to, to leave, you know, their home state to go get an abortion in a state where that is legal. Exactly. It's going it's, it's to affect them tremendously. So so for people who, that are um, lower uh, income or something, lower income and already living in states where it's you know difficult for them to go somewhere else. Um, those people I feel horrible for because I believe those are the people that are actually going to be the most affected. Well, yeah, and, and, and not why I mean, I never like, go politics, but I swear to you, this is the vision in my head. Okay, the vision in my head is that some young girl gets raped and she can't have an abortion because she's in Louisiana. So now I visualize like back into the days of like slavery where there's somebody's got a dirty knife and they're you know what I mean? I mean that's what I see. I see. Well, that, that, you're right, I, and that's where the you and know, that's the awful. Cultural, I feel like we're the, just going backwards. The the ultra. Um, like conservative locations of the country that are that are that are are poor and there's not you know and and someone who wants an abortion who can't get it will go get it travel they're still going to go get it and this is where you start having unsafe practices take place exactly. you start having you know unlicensed physicians you have exactly. unclean facilities you have um, um no act no aftercare aftercare is exactly a huge, is a huge thing that that is oftentimes completely dismissed and not discussed mm-hmm. um and, and, and that's my that's my point too with like um with you know prostitution and stuff like that you want to take the sites off where people have you know reviews and they're able to you know run background checks and stuff um sorry but if, if somebody's going to do it they're going to do it. And if you take away the safe ways of doing it, then they're going to go walk the street. That's where you get in. That's where you get into the discussion of, of FOSTA-SESTA and, and, you know, how ridiculous FOSTA-SESTA is. And, and you know, I was a, a screaming at the top of my lungs at, at presentations all across the world when FOSTA-SESTA was simply in its early stages. And people Do you want to give my listeners a little background on what FOSTA-SESTA is for those that are going, I don't even know sure. what it is. Ultimately, FOSTA-SESTA, what it did is it took away Section 230 immunity from um, website operators that either directly advertised for prostitution, allowed for prostitution, allowed for prostitution ads, really anything involving, um, you know, in-person sex work. It actually criminalized uh, a website operator or anyone working with a website operator. And so, in essence, what it did was it uh, had the purpose of of chasing away every. Uh, so it's like so it was scaring the it was scaring the template of the platform. So is this a good way to break it down? Um, and I'm relating this more to a lawsuit. If you uh, are on Craigslist and you buy a car on Craigslist, um, you can't sue Craigslist because you bought a lemon on Craigslist. They were just the, the platform um, hosting it. Or if you get a bad review on Yelp, you can't sue Yelp. Right. Is that because it was a platform under well, Section 230? It, it wasn't just it wasn't just lawsuits. What it really what it really did is it, it created criminal liability. The operators for those websites would now be liable. Liable. For content, OK. Specifically for the content that's on their sites. And so the law is specific and there is a very, very substantial prison sentences that go along with anyone who uh, is ultimately uh, proven to violated FOSTA-SESTA. FOSTA-SESTA is okay. a, a ridiculous 
um, narrow-minded law. And the reason why I say that is because, you know, they ran around and, and were screaming and yelling that, oh my God, this law is going gonna, is gonna to protect sex workers. But that is the stupidest thing in the world because what it didn't take account for is actually, number one, sex workers are going to continue to be sex workers. They're not yeah. just going to stop simply because the online platforms go away. They're going to exactly. continue to find a way to work their, their business and their trade. The second thing that was completely ignored is the fact that these platforms were a huge part in actually promoting safety for performers because that's my, that's my yes had a way that they could communicate with potential customers beforehand. Yes. They could vet them. They could get to know them online and it created a record between the two people. So God mm-hmm. forbid something, something happened. You could. Yep. Yep. And now I'm really going to, now I'm really going to throw a curveball at you. Okay. Law enforcement personnel, it's themselves, law enforcement personnel who worked in these areas of law, they hate FOSTA-SESTA because they lost an ability. There was constant cooperation between law enforcement yep. and these websites for people that were, you know, abusing these websites and, and hurting people and so forth. And when you take the platforms away, guess what? Where does the average perform, or excuse me, the average worker go back to? The I know. Exactly. God, I'm telling you, I should have been an attorney. I should have been an attorney because I mean, that's exactly what I say is that you, you're never going to stop people from selling sex. I'm sorry. It's the oldest profession. You're never going to stop it. And so what they've done is they've taken away the way for law. Exactly. Law, you know, the law, they can't now tra- track what they've been tracking. And if somebody's going to be an escort or, you know, then they're going to do it regardless. And so they're not going to stop. They're not no. going to stop. And, and, you know, there was a lot of government embarrassment when the first time they tried to prosecute um uh, back page and they lost and yep. then ultimately they wanted to you know congress wanted to to stop that from happening again which was one of the motivations for fosta sesta even though remember that ultimately fosta sesta wasn't necessary to take down back page and this was something that i had been arguing the entire time i said you know hey for those politicians that support this you don't need this there are already sufficient laws on the books to go after people who are legitimately engaging in criminal enterprises exactly you did not need this, but you know they they made a giant circus and a giant show of it. Even when it got signed into law, if you you I still remember the day they did the whole thing on the White House lawn, and you know it was all about you know they they sell it as being all about protecting children, but that is such a load of crap. And yeah. you know, listen, I am all for. Don't get me wrong, okay. I am all for protecting minors and protecting. All of us are. That's the that's the, that's the thing. Every so, single adult industry person is even more. For but the notion and, and the notion that that's what FOSTA SESTA is is is, is absolutely bullshit. ridiculous. It's uh, fucking I believe, bullshit. Yeah. I believe there's a, there's an ongoing First Amendment challenge. The Woodhill Freedom Foundation is presently the lead plaintiff in a fight over in D.C. Okay, hold on. Uh, let's 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 say that again. Woodhill. The Woodhill Freedom Foundation. Okay, Woodhill Freedom uh, Foundation is doing is like, like how can people get involved? That's what I'm getting. They at. are well. The first thing you can do is go to the Woodhill uh, Freedom Foundation's website and become a member. Um, donate money because obviously these sorts of legal challenges are extremely expensive. Uh, they have a uh, an amazing legal legal team comprised of some of the, the you know the best and, and frankly the best in the business. Okay. Um, and the fight wars on. They have they are they are fighting FOSTA SETA as being unconstitutional on numerous different grounds, including the First Amendment. And they are presently um, taking the, the the battle, the fight up to the next level, and they are not going to give up because. Ultimately, uh, I've read the law, I've studied it, I've analyzed it, and in my opinion, it is completely unconstitutional. And it's a shame that the law hasn't already been thrown out, but uh, the Woodhill Freedom Foundation picked up the fight 
and phenomenal for them. I applaud them for doing what they're doing. Okay, cool. And, All right. uh, Woodhill, F, yeah, but Woodhill Freedom, uh, what did I say? Woodhill it? Freedom Foundation. Yeah, yep. I got it. I'm going to put that, you'll send it to me later, but I'm going to put that on the platform for everybody. Take a look at that, see what you guys can do, uh, see how you guys can get involved and help. See, so this is interesting. Remember you asked me earlier, he says, how long do we normally talk to talk for? And I said, well, normally I go like, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, but I'm going to be changing up the way I do things. And look, we've been chit-chatting for an hour. But that's how that's how it goes. You you are um, mind blowing and interesting. And the industry, whether or not some people take the time to look at you in the eyes and tell you, like, we appreciate you and someone that we can come to when we need advice. Um, I'm telling you, thank you. So um, we need you. Let me ask you one more question to close out. OK, um, your well, and I have two questions. One is. Uh, if, if, what's like what's on your bucket list if there's one thing that you are going to accomplish before you say i'm done in this industry is there what is the one thing that you say i want to make this change i don't think i'm ever going to be done in this industry yeah so, so i don't think i don't think i can even i can even say that because this industry has given so much so much to me i mean i have met some of the most incredible entrepreneurs friends don't people. you say yeah people that i travel the world with and they are all amazing and they all have stories to tell and they all have their own unique paths that led them to the adult industry. If there is anything on my, my big list of things that I would like to do eventually um, is I would love to have a mechanism to have a massive nationwide audience and give me the opportunity to um, present to everyone based off of my, I mean, I've been in this business now for 18 years. Okay. I mean, my experiences are completely based off of, you know, what I've learned from, from real life, you know, people, I would love to share that with mainstream media. I wish there was an opportunity where, you know, the mainstream media would sit down and instead of doing one of their, their ridiculous specials, you know, where they, they like end a story about porn and they show heroin needles, right. and show, like, you know, the, the red light districts and so forth. I wish that they would interview someone like me, and giving me the opportunity to talk to them about, okay, well, guess what? I'm a lawyer. I've got a whole lot of education. I've got a doctorate degree. Let me tell you, you know, what, what, it's, really, really, what it's really like. And, 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 I, and I'd like to be able to change some people's minds. I'd like for, you know, certain people that, you know, you talked about earlier that are so critical and so anti-adult uh, entertainment that I would love the opportunity to, you know, just flip a few of those minds so that. So, uh, Corey, let me tell you a couple of things. Number one, and I've only been doing my podcast and my books and my seminars and and, and this, I'm literally on my second year right now of, of my mission. OK, and I get if, if I go a day without getting an email, I'm like, huh, what happened today? With someone saying, you changed my life. You changed my mind. My father hugged me for the first time in 17 years or whatever it may be, you know, so people listening today, you did change. Somebody, I hope, I think you got your message through. I think we do. Every time we, we release something out and we do something you do. Um, and then I think you should do seminars. Do you ever, do you ever travel and, 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 and go to like Exotica and teach what you know, the legalities? I, I, I have given presentations all over the world. You do? Okay. Uh, I've given presentations in, in uh, the Netherlands, Colombia, Prague, the United States, Canada, um, I've by now I've done well over a hundred. Uh, oh, wow. Then, you um, know what? You, you, you're changed every every time we tell our story, every time you tell your story, I tell my story. Somebody else tells their story. Somebody out there, someone goes, huh? 
I also you know did what? something cool. And what I did was during COVID, I had, you know, a little bit more downtime than I would have liked. One of the areas where I saw there was a substantial need is in the adult entertainment industry was um, for performers, especially performers were, they almost felt blocked out of Mental. legal resources and because they simply, they couldn't afford what were, you know, typically typical lawyer stereotypes. They were afraid mm-hmm. of big retainers, whatever. So I created a product called adult.law. And what adult.law is, is adult.law is a subscription-based platform specifically for performers. And instead of having to pay a lawyer or a big fat retainer, what we offer is you pay a monthly fee and you get access to a huge library of videos that we update almost uh, on a almost every couple week basis nice. we have articles we have. Um, and then it even certain plans that you can get with adult.law, you can get individual consulting time with me and it's all at a very affordable rate. So I saw a need and I jumped on it and I developed this product. I'm very proud of this product. Um, I love that. Okay. I'm going to put that. I'm, I'm a, but well, you'll send me like a bio, but you guys adult.law. That's it's easy. right. It's all around my head right now. See right there. Adult. <laughs> Just right don't, don't move because you just look. I lose shoulders, and I'm like, yeah, no, so I'm, I'm trying not to move. I'm trying to move my <laughs> to the point to adult. I'm gonna put it. Law. I love it. I'm gonna put it out there, and um, it's so um, easy to remember too. Adult dot law. I know you got lucky to get that one because um, you know, well, like I was just telling you earlier, you know, with the legal situations of trademarking, there's so many legalities, and and, and a lot of us adult, adult performers, myself included, you know, financially can't afford you know, the, the, the retainer fees. Um, one more thing, um, because I do know, and, and this, this is one of my big things in this industry too. That I've got, I've got performers out there that are just um, the uh, depressed and they're taking their lives. And we, we've lost so many people, you know, due to bullying on the internet and stuff like that. And then legalities coming at them. How, if I've got someone listening that has a legal issue situation, how do they reach you? What, how can they reach out to you? They, they know how to reach me to get help with the counseling side. How do they reach you for legalities? To, to just to, to reach me like all. They just need, do they need to, they need to get, do they email you? Do they Twitter you? Do they hit the contact us form on your website? Really, where do they go? It, yeah. It's actually really easy. I, I've, I don't hide from the, you know, I don't hide from the public. And so okay. uh, there's a bunch of different ways. If you go on Twitter, my, my handle is at my adult attorney. Um, you can message me on Twitter. Um, you can go to my website, myadultattorney.com. Easy, and, you guys. Okay. And you can contact me through the website. You can send me an email. My email is Corey at silversteinlegal.com. C-O-R-E-Y. Yep. C-O-R-E-Y at silversteinlegal.com. Okay. You can reach out to me on Instagram. You can reach out to me on Facebook. You can okay. um you so- can just call, you can just call me. My phone number is 248-290-0655. <laughs> That's 248-290-0655. You can call me anytime. I don't hide from people. So you are you're amazing. And that is very true because when we spoke and then I sent you an email, you wrote me right away. So if I've got anybody listening and you're thinking you have nowhere to turn to and you've got no help and nobody's gonna give you any legal advice and you don't know what to do. That's not true. Okay. No, because you've got someone, Corey can help you. He can guide you the right way. I actually sent you some people, um, you know, recently they, uh, I was an ambassador for them. You know, you know, they came to you because they you know they were asking me for legal advice. And I said, listen, I'm your ambassador, but legality wise, I don't have a freaking clue. So you need yep. to go to somebody who does. So and there's a lot of people in this, in this world who are afraid. They don't know whether they can go to an attorney because they're afraid that, oh my God, can I go to an attorney? Cause I even, can I trust that attorney? I've been I, doing yeah. that. 
I have a track record of, of doing this for you know well over a decade, and um, I'm very happy to say that that my clients are very happy, as far as I know. Um, and you know, we always we always aim to make our clients realize that no, it doesn't matter what business you're in. You are entitled to the same legal protections that everyone else is. And if someone do, does you wrong, and you need to go after someone, you're entitled to the full weight of the law that every other exactly. person is entitled to. Exactly. And exactly. so, you know, for anyone out there that, that believes that you know they don't have legal options in this business, I you know encourage you to reach out to me anytime. I'm here for you. Check out Adult.Law. You can always, you know, that's another way to get a hold of me. Yeah, uh, I mean, and that's and, that, and I think that, I think I think you just hit the point is that I think sometimes people feel like, well, nobody's going to believe me because I'm I'm a porn star or I'm in, you know I'm a sex worker or um I can't get you know nobody's going to help me because they're going to say that I'm mentally you know they're going to put me in mental disease whatever it may be okay so uh, you know our, our message is you are uh, you have a job just like any job and if somebody done you wrong. You come, you've got resources, you've got platforms, you've got groups, you've got APEG, you've got Pineapple Support Group, you've got McCorrell and Jewel. You know, I, I support you guys. I help you guys and I help you got Corey. So uh, it's actually an industry that really steps up, comes together as a family and supports one another. Yeah, and I mean, always go to the trade shows. I mean, you know what's coming up next month in August, I'll be heading back to Prague so that, you know, I'll be doing that. Do you, need a, do you need a date? I can go. <laughs> Prague is from August. <laughs> I think August 12th. Oh, do you need a date now? Yeah, I thought I you were asking. I need a date. Time. No, always giving me the date. <laughs> That's good. Uh, no, <laughs> Prague is, that was a good. That was good. You caught me on. But no, Prague is Prague is coming. You see, even maybe turn red. Uh, ah. Prague, Prague is uh, coming up around the corner. Uh, should be a great show. Right after that is Cyprus. There's Expiz Berlin. Um, I know. I was gonna. Oh, I was. I'm going to the. Um, I'm going to Exotica next, like this month. But I was mm-hmm. gonna go to uh, Venus Berlin. I really want to get to that show at some point, but. Just yeah, expensive. Expiz Berlin is, is a great show. I mean, obviously, it's, it's run by the Expiz people who know what they're doing and, mm-hmm. and they do a fantastic job. Okay. A uh, couple months after that in October, you've got Why Not's uh, show again, I believe, in, in Los Angeles. I oh, when is. Oh, oh, gosh. Yeah. That's good. I think it's. I know it's not, I know when it is. It's like October 7th or something. And I think it's conflicting with um, night moves that I was just invited to go to. Crap. I, you know, one thing, one, one, one thing is that there used to be, there used to be a website that kept track of all these dates. So they, <laughs> they would look at it and it's like, now it's like, it's, it's, it's too many. So much, there's, there's so many resources out there. And that's, you know, one of the, one of the other beautiful things about this industry is that you go back to the 1990s, the opportunities and the resources that exist now, absolutely like, it, it, it's it's not even in the same ballpark how many more opportunities and resources that there are for people. And I always encourage people, I say, take advantage of those resources. Don't just like be like, oh, you know, I don't have a... Exactly. Yeah. I, that's, I, that's what I tell people too. I mean, I, you know, I'm going to, I'll close this out with one more, one story that and my listeners know this already, but I had a Jehovah's Witness that was watching one of my seminars um, at Exotica. And when I was done, everybody left, you know, the seminar room and he was sitting there and he was crying and I walked over and I was like, oh, did I say something or what, you know, are you okay? And he proceeded to tell me that um, he thinks he's gay. He's not sure. And he, you know, saw the billboard for the sign and came to see what this was all about and came to listen to my seminar talking about embracing your sexuality. Mother found out that he, she was there, called him and said, we are disowning you from the family. OK. And I said to him, you know, first of all, you go home and you tell your mother she accepts you as your son or whatever. And if she doesn't, here's my phone number. You call me and you come back here. But I also said you can go on the Internet. And, and it was so as soon as he left, I went on the Internet and I typed in just showing you the support groups that are out there. I typed in I'm a Jehovah's Witness and my family disowned me. And my God, did I find groups for him? And so that's the thing, you guys, there's always there's some group out there that can help with something. And there's always somebody out there that's in the same boat as you are. And 
you can find them on the internet and you can reach out and together you guys can fight through it. You know, it's always someone. Absolutely. Which we didn't have before. Corey, you were a pleasure. I know we could go on for hours and hours and hours, but we have plenty of time to discuss that on our flight to Prague. When is the date? <laughs> I'd be on the 20th. Aren't I good at that, you guys? You're it. very good at that, but you, <laughs> I, I love your pod. I, you know, I'm, I'm obviously a big fan. I, I think your, your podcast is fantastic, and I hope you continue to grow, and I wish you all the success in the world because Thank you're you. doing what um, so many people, I wish they were doing, where you're trying to share real information, what this industry is really about, and not the... Of fallacies and the, you know, the ridiculous fiction that people have created. So I can't, I, you know, you're thanking me for being here. I can't thank you enough for having me. So it's my, thank it's my you. Pleasure. Appreciate you. Cause sometimes, you know, when this world comes at us from all different directions, even, you know, people always say to me, you're always so happy. And I go, Oh no, I'm not, I get down. So and, you know what, for the, and for those of you that are listening to this podcast and don't agree with something either you say, or I said, you know what? I'm still grateful to those people that they're listening and, you know, Absolutely. share your opinions with us. I hope that you can, you know, reach out to us. If there's something you want to talk about in greater detail, you know, please reach out because we're, Absolutely. we're both. Absolutely. It, to, to, like we said before, we'll reiterate it again, you guys, as I say goodbye, but you're entitled to your own opinion to each their own. And that's what makes all of us unique and different. But remember two things. We bleed the same color. Okay, so no matter what religion you are, no matter the color skin, you bleed the same color. And so you're entitled to different opinions. But that does not mean that you need to go and break into people's stores and smash windows and hurt innocent people that had nothing to do with the situation at hand. Yeah. Right. And with that, I always say I will catch you guys next time. No longer on the Hanky Panky podcast, but on the High Profile Life podcast. I am your host, Coral and Jewel. Corey, thank you for being us. And remember, live your life. It's only your life to live and you only have one. Live it your way. Thanks for joining us. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for being here. Corlin Jewell is the international best-selling author, certified master sexologist, relationship coach, swing club loner, adult performer, motivational speaker, and so much more. The list is endless. She has over 15 years of experience in the adult industry, bringing a wealth of knowledge and hands-on experience. Make sure to follow High Profile Life on Twitter at High Profile Pod, Instagram and Facebook, highprofile.life, podcast and patron. Coraline.jewel.